to another episode of the Cultivate and Keep podcast, where we talk about what it means to be a man as a Christian. And I'm Corey. And I'm Jeremy. And uh, thanks for tuning in. I want to give a shout out to our sole Patreon supporter as the today, one and only, the one and only, Dan Dealing. Mr. Dan Dealing, <laughs> who is with us today. And we'll introduce him in a second. But really quickly, we want to make a very uh, important announcement that this Saturday, December 1st, we are doing 14 episodes in 14 days, an episode a day for 14 days. And we're also doing a special giveaway. So tune in What's this Saturday. Giveaway, Corey? Uh, we don't know yet. It's, we there's going to be some books, it? some Kindles. Okay. Dude, don't give it away. I, I haven't figured right, it out yet. All right, all right. Okay. But it's going to be big, right? It's going to really be big. big. It's going to be worth it. Yeah. I mean, thousands upon thousands of dollars okay, worth of it. Take it easy. Yeah. That's our money, Corey. So. That's true. That's ours. Well, and Dan's too. You know. <laughs> and Dan's. <laughs> So this Saturday, December 1st through the 15th, I think it is, 14 episodes in 14 days. Tell your friends. Get everyone to tune in. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, CastBox, all Google Podcasts. I don't know. Our website. Our website also as well. We actually get a lot of listens on our website, surprisingly. YouTube now. We're on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Yes. Thank you for that. Uh, so tune in. But otherwise, Jeremy, you want to introduce our special guest today? Yeah. So today we have the one and only Dan Dealing. Welcome to the show, Dan. Mr. Hey, Dan. it's great to be here, gentlemen. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. So Dan, I, I remember when you guys were just like oh, cute little I was puppies. For that. <laughs> oh, dang it! I knew I was going. <laughs> He's going to say it. So every week when we've been shouting out to Dan, our Patreon supporter, this is Dan. So everyone gets to know Dan. Uh, we love Dan. How long? Well, let's see. How long? How old I've, are I've you? known Jeremy since he was born, almost. That's right. Yep. And yeah. Corey Haynes since uh, high school. Before since high, school. high school. Yeah. 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 I think maybe like our freshman or sophomore year. Actually, Ryan was the very first person that I met at Foothills. Before I even started, um, you know, we, we had yeah, like yeah. SATs, going at, right? Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Not, no, not SATs. It's like yeah. the pre-high school. The pre-high school exam, like to like place you or something. To, like, I don't even know what it's for. You tell me you're the principal. We didn't. We don't do that. Okay, good. But <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if we've ever done that. We no, have. I remember we, that. There was a bunch of us. It <laughs> was like, eighth grade. It was like July no, or something. Eighth grade, yeah. Well, yeah, going, going into, into freshman, freshman year. year. Yeah. And I sat next to Ryan. And it was Ryan like, being... Ryan being your son. My son, Ryan. <laughs> That's, That's right. what I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that guy. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. No, amazing to have you here, Dan. Yeah, it's great to be here, gentlemen. I'm, uh, so, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I was thinking, so Dan. To ju just seeing where all my money's going. Exactly. Yep. yep. Yeah. Uh, so Dan was the one that we saw in high school. I mean, you probably saw him a lot when you got in trouble. You know, I never was in that seat, but he, yeah. being the principal, he was the one that we had to face when we got in trouble. That's true. Yeah, because you, oh, yeah. Actually, was was Dan the vice principal? When yeah, you were Dan was the vice our, principal. Our senior year, you were, no? No, I, I don't think I was ever principal uh, for you guys. No, it's vi no, vice principal. You weren't principal oh. for us. Yeah. We got off lucky, okay. Yeah, yeah you yeah. did. Otherwise, it would have been Helen Brimstone. Yeah, right? you, you two are a couple of the more problem <laughs> yeah. children at the high school. Hey, hey, come on, Dan. Come on, Dan. Yeah, Actually, yeah. I think our row, you know how we, you guys don't have... Um, the, the, pews the pews are pews gone. The pews are gone. That's right. That Was was that like your first enactment as principal? One of them, the okay. beautiful green blue pews yep. yeah but our our, our row our pew i guess was <coughs> just the worst i mean people falling asleep talking chewing I mean, eating phones. i don't know about that but no they definitely what you were at the center of it too 
Yeah. High school. You never did. Actually, you were just the talker. Yeah, I just talked. Yeah. And everyone wanted to sit by Jeremy, so it was like five people on top of each other next to Jeremy That's on true. both sides. <laughs> it's still that way, fellas. Hasn't changed, you know? That's true. I could like to keep my distance, though, yeah. so. Yeah, 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 yeah. So back to your high school days, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's sad when you're already thinking back to your high school days. You guys, are, you guys are, what, 26? Ooh, mm, damn. Thanks, Four, dude. five, nine? Mm, almost. <laughs> almost 24. But you're, an old, you're an old married man, though, right, Corey? Yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. I've been married forever. Seems yeah. like forever. Yeah. Two years? In a good way. One no. year, two years? Uh, nine months. Nine months, well. Yeah. It's Just a good good. You still like her? Absolutely. Good. Excellent. I like Excellent. her more every day. Good. Good answer. Yeah. Right answer. Does she That's listen right. to the she, podcast? Yeah, she, she does. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. Shout out to Monique. I have never there? seen a more beautiful, kind, warm woman go. than Monique. She's really? the best. Yeah. yeah. Wow, thank you. Yeah, I lucked out. I still know how it happened. It's called outpunting your coverage. Yes, that that is what it is. Absolutely, I don't know how I scored. I didn't think I was going to score for a long time, but I scored really. Early I don't think we, we didn't think that either, Corey. Yeah. 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 No, not at all. Um, well, Dan, yeah. we we wanted to bring you on because uh, I mean, you kind of been like a father figure or sort of something like that um, in our lives, especially as we've grown up. And sort of this whole premise of this podcast is to explore what it means to be a man as a Christian and all the dynamics and all the kind of the fundamentals and, um, cool. it's a great and, thing. And yeah. And, yeah. and you especially have been part of that for us as being sort of like this older figure for us to be a role model and to teach us, to be involved in our lives, to talk with us, give us advice. Um, so we wanted to bring you on and pick your brain about a few things. And, uh, we sent you the questions in advance, but yeah. really we just want to get to know you and we just want to unleash your wisdom to the world is what it is. And, and you got to get it before Alzheimer's starts, right? Cause that's I'm, right. I'm yeah, okay. Cause yeah, it's yeah. a slow, <laughs> it's a, a very slippery slope decline pretty soon here. No. Um, yeah. but why don't we start? Uh, I'd love to go back all the way to kind of your upbringing and your family and like, tell us about, I mean, cause I yeah. think you know this, but like, like your child rearing days and like your upbringing has a lot to do with who you become. Absolutely. So yeah. tell us kind of the, the genesis of Dan dealing. Yeah. I, I heard somebody say once uh, a while back, they said that your past doesn't define you, but it helps explain you. Uh, right. Uh-huh, and, and that's true. I mean, I, no, no victim stuff. Right. Yeah. And, and so I was born a poor black child. No, <laughs> no I wasn't. Can we say that in the podcast? <gasps> we can. Uh, <laughs> There's no racism. here. No, I was born, uh, I was born in 1961 Whoa, when whoa. gas was about 20 cents a gallon, 29 oh cents gosh. a gallon. And uh, not that I was driving then, but yeah, yeah I, um, the third of eight in a big giant Catholic family. And it was great living on Lakeside back then. There were about, about 10,000 people back there back then. We could oh. hmm. we'd go out and spend the day, spend, we'd spend the night in the hills yeah. and come back the next day. And this back, is in Lakeside. This is Lakeside, Lakeside California. Yeah. Lakeside, California, yeah. Lakeside, San Diego. Lakeside, San Diego, California. Wow, that's crazy. And, and it was really cool. But I grew up, so all those brothers and sisters, my mom was, was a little bit insane or Catholic and had, <laughs> had seven kids in the first nine years of her marriage. Oh, my gosh. Because we were all 11 months apart, the whole tribe. And it was great to grow up in a big, giant family, and everybody mm-hmm. should. And those of you who have one, two, or three uh, sisters and brothers are just totally missing out. All right, <laughs> just just so you know that. But there's also a lot of lot of uh, uh, struggle <laughs> and trouble in a gigantic Catholic family growing up, and a lot of explaining later. A on A lot in of life. explaining later yeah. on in life, yeah. And and it did shape me in a lot of ways, mostly the ways I responded to things. Hmm. And this is all looking back and thinking about it. This isn't uh, when I was growing up. I was thinking yeah. about this because I was just living right. It's a dumb kid. But um, 
my family was somewhat harsh and sarcastic and and could be a bit evil in that direction my parents didn't really deal with that very well and looking back Dan Dealing, looking at me, uh, cute little me, is is I realized I was a, uh, a, a somewhat sensitive, hmm. somewhat introverted young man, a little boy, and I learned to avoid the uh, the family issues by just avoiding the family issues, by by a smart smart kid, and I just stay alone and stay away from hmm. my like I have a crazy brother, not the one you're thinking of, the other one, and <laughs> the other one's crazy too, but I want to talk about him. Yeah. <laughs> And he responded just by blowing up all the time. Well, I responded by retreating all the time. Mm. And being a smart kid, that works real well. Works real well in school. It, it, it works know, well to survive. It works real well to survive. Yeah. And, and again, I'm not trying to compare myself to any, any kind of, of traumatic upbringing. These just, you know, I had good parents. Um, but that's what I, I learned to do. And now we're great all the way through life. I was great in school, smart kid. And, and you can be a loner in school and do fabulous. And I did all the way through school, through master's program, the whole thing. Got married, and and things change when you get married, right, Corey? Yes. Do you learn more about yourself? Absolutely. Yes, because marriage is a big gigantic trick by God. Not this bad, a but it's trick. but it's a trick. Yeah, yeah. And the trick is to make you grow up. Hmm. You know, he he he. You, you guys say this girl is so beautiful and cute. I got to live with her, and that's what you think. Yeah. And you do. It's true. You do it, and and that hopefully it is all true. I think I heard. Uh, <laughs> the hard part of marriage isn't that you have to live with someone else; it's that you have to live with yourself. Yeah, yeah. Or you have to face yourself. It's yeah. Not that you have to face someone else; it's you have to face yourself. Yeah. So, so that whole you know, getting married and starting to have kids and that kind of stuff brought out those things in my life that I avoided. Hmm. And one of the big deal. This is a big deal for me. Is is was avoiding pain and hurt because because why? Why deal with that stuff? You just sidestep it, let it go by. It's in the past and. Life is good, right? Well, that, that's not the, really the way it works. I learned over time. And so those are a couple things. That, that idea of growing up, which was one of my biggest faults. And since then, probably the last 10, 10, 12, 15 years, I've learned to deal with that better. Mm -hmm. And life is so much better when you face hard things and deal with them. Interesting. And deal with them. And A, you learn you can. You learn the hard things that hurt. Are just, they just hurt. And that's the way life kind of is. And that's okay. Yeah. But then you realize that you can you can do way more than you think you can mm -hmm. when you force yourself to do hard things. Interesting. I want to go back for a second because uh, when you made a comment about your family and kind of the dynamics, it mm -hmm. it like gave me a flashback <laughs> back to a class that you taught us our senior year of high school, um, and how you were talking about sarcasm. Yeah. Could you just explain like? what sarcasm means, the root of the word, and yeah. sort of how that played out in your family a little bit. Yeah, sarcasm um, is comes from two Greek words, and I'll probably butcher them horribly, but <laughs> sarks and chasm. And, and Go figure. <laughs> <laughs> and sarkos is uh, the Greek word for flesh. And chasm, or whatever the Greek equivalent of chasm is, is, is a chasm, a tear or rip. Mm. And so sarcasm is literally ripping the flesh. And when you think about it, uh, sarcasm is a somewhat disguised or maybe not so well disguised attempt to make fun of something that hurts because hmm. if it doesn't hurt it's really not sarcasm it's just whatever right and and we're really good at that and we're really good at that in my family and, and in today's culture that's like a what a cool thing if you can really cut into somebody with your words and and get away with it and get away with it because you're just joking right yeah yeah there's, there's a scripture somewhere somewhere in proverbs and i'm going to butcher it a little bit but it's it's something like this it says like throwing flaming arrows and spears is a person who does something and then says i was only ch joking interesting you yeah. know and that's what sarcasm does 
Um, now you, you can use sarcasm with friends, but you got to be careful. I learned early on as a young adult that there are family groups or people who don't understand sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> I got in some big trouble. I was only joking. Yeah. No, I was fla- throwing spears and flaming, flaming swords, you know, that kind of stuff. And yeah. It really hurt some people. It only works when it's kind of two ways. Yeah. And then you have to deal with the reality of what sarcasm is yeah. and then it hurts. Yeah. So I, 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 good thing. so about, <laughs> I bite my tongue a whole bunch more today than I used to when I was a kid. Yeah. When I was your age. A kid. <laughs> Which we are. I mean, let's be honest. But. I was so cocky. I remember just, gosh. I uh, I was fairly athletic back then. I'm fairly athletic now, really? but I was more fairly athletic. Yeah, thanks, Jeremy. Okay. I was more fairly yeah. athletic back then. I just see then. this athleticism. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, here's an example of the cockiness and the stupid, stupidity sometimes of how dumb we are. I went to Pepperdine out of high school hmm. and uh, lived on campus. And there was a, a particular girl there who, who I got to be friends with, just friends. And she played racquetball. And I'd never played racquetball in my life. And, you know, you know. she one day said, hey, you want to go play, play racquetball? I said, yeah, sure, why not? Um, and I found out, and she told me that she'd played in tournaments before. Mm. And I thought on the way down to where the racquetball courts were at Pepperdine, I remember, I remember actively thinking, I'll be, I'll be careful with this girl. I don't want to hurt her. <laughs> I don't want to beat her so bad. If she's playing in tournaments, because that should have been that, a red flag. Yeah, you think? But I was a dumb 19-year-old, <laughs> and, and, and I really honestly thought, you know, okay, this is you know, very politically incorrect, but she's a girl. You know, how could, could she be? Yeah. Right? And and she kicked Spanked you. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to use one of those cussers. She kicked my ass. Uh oh. make our podcast. I'll never, I'll, I'll never forget the score. <laughs> Three games to 15. I've scored one point in the third game because she oh, knew how to hit the that ball. Was it. She, yeah, and and I, I wasn't a clutch. She just knew how to hit the ball and oh, and, and rack a ball. The ball comes off on weird angles because mm-hmm, the ball's yeah. spinning. I didn't know any of that, and she was laughing the whole time. So those That's are funny. those are the kind of experiences that that help you grow up yeah yeah a little bit i love that <laughs> her name was darren ebert darren darren ebert. if you're out she there ever yeah rematch yeah. so do we do we know her by any chance no Is she plugged in not that i know she was by the way i'd say what 78 79 she was the homecoming queen of lampoc lampoc high school so lampoc lampoc high school yeah. so there you go and there we go darren it. if you're out there if somebody <laughs> can look her up and there you go <laughs> I think we'll have her on next. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, we'll have her on next. Um, that's amazing. Could you? Um, I'm I'm curious about kind of because I know that you. And you also mentioned that you grew up Catholic. Yeah, and I know this about you. But what is uh, kind of your journey to finding Christ? Yeah, and that whole kind of muddy. Yeah, yeah. Thing that everyone goes through. Yeah, the the the, the Catholic faith, Catholic Church believes you're born into the faith. You're baptized and born into the mm-hmm. faith. So, so once you're once you're baptized, you're part of the faith. That's just the way it works. And it's a different way of looking at things. But that's fine. You you can go that direction. And then when you become 13, you go through what they call the sacrament of confirmation, where you confirm your baptism. You confirm, mm-hmm. yep, I'm part of the faith. And so I grew up Catholic, going to church all the time. Um, unfortunately, the church I grew up in didn't explain things real well, and and it. And the, the liturgical Catholic service can get kind of boring, and it's easy to lose it when you're a kid and just not be interested. Yeah. So it's pretty boring. Um, I so much more appreciate going to the Catholic Mass today than I did when I was a kid because mm-hmm. it, it is really a, a deep service, and, and I appreciate it. But, but so, so I did my confirmation when I was 13, and I remember thinking, you know, I know God is good. Um, I want to follow him, but there was just no much, not much impetus. Nobody ever really taught me to mm-hmm. why. 
and so and you know it's just so much more fun to do wrong things at least that was pr- that was a perspective back then right especially for a boy yeah you were 13 i was 13 so i drifted kind of you know i was a, I was a sort of good catholic boy I went to catholic high school and in the middle of that i got involved for a couple of years about a year at an insane crazy pentecostal church in lakeside hmm. pentecostal cult in lakeside my brother jim dragged me to it kind of and and that gave me a little different aspect i said there's some different stuff out there then i went to college and uh uh, sp- spent a year or two in college just being a knucklehead and and got involved with the girl down here and the reason I tell you that is because when we broke up a year and a half later or something that was the first time I ever really allowed really felt pain in my life hmm. and realized that, that, that I needed God and ended up going to uh, Calvary Chapel in San Diego and got really 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 saved is the way I put it and from that point on you know the journey has been learning to follow Jesus mm-hmm. And how old were you when you like really, really, really 20, got saved? 20, 20, yeah. Really, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. So I really appreciate my Catholic upbringing for teaching me all sorts of good things. I was shocked at how much I knew of the Bible without ever, ever opening it personally because mm. I've been to church, to mass so many times throughout the years. Yeah. So that's cool. So from that point, how did your walk evolve? And I also want to know, what point did you get involved with Foothills and becoming uh, one of the children's pastors? Like explain kind of how it all evolved and, and changed. Yeah, I... Uh, I, I actually got involved with Mark Hoffman before I was saved because he married my sister, That's Linda, right. my sister, Linda, and uh, who's 11 months older than me. And That's <laughs> crazy. I know. We could have guessed that from <laughs> prior knowledge. Yes. And uh, he took me to the Calvary Chapel. Huh. And that's where I you know, decided to really follow Jesus. And so then I started hanging around with him and got involved with, with uh, pre-Foothills stuff. For a few months, we drove all the way up to uh, Anaheim to go a few months, probably a year to go to the vineyard up in Anaheim, and that opened me up to all new th- sorts of things about how God moves. And then when what? Foothills... What is that? What was the vineyard in Anaheim? The vineyard... You don't know what the, That's right. I'm talking to kids. <laughs> the vineyard in Anaheim... <laughs> like, wait, wait a second. ...was a church uh, run by a, by a dead man named John Wimber, dead white man, hmm. who God used mightily to do some significant moves of the Holy Spirit um, throughout the United States and Europe. Wow. And there used to be, there still is, a denomination called the Vineyard, the vineyard mm. and um he so he created his own denomination he was that big god moved on him and yeah that it, yeah. yeah yeah i'm sure there's more to it than that but that that's the but short, short person version wow. but uh, but i met the holy spirit really 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 for the first time there hmm. and uh and saw god really truly heal people and, and really learned a lot of cool things hmm. and and out of that mark hoffman started his church and dave hoffman started his church and you know the story from there eventually it became one church and yeah. so forever and ever i've been involved in foothills and <laughs> how to get involved with kids uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah this should be a good story yeah right? it was <laughs> I, I had no interest in working with kids so just <laughs> and a friend of mine um signed himself up to help out in sunday school with the first to fifth grade boys were like six of them and uh and signed me up too and then came and told me <laughs> like, oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and, and I said to him, I, I, I'll never forget what I said. I looked at him. I thought, I, I said, why in the hell would I want to do that? Because <laughs> literally, I that was that was nothing. I didn't, but I this was back when I d- still didn't know how to say no. You want to make everybody happy, and so I decided, okay, fine, I'll do this stupid thing, and found out pretty quick within a few weeks that I actually liked these kids, and they actually liked me, mm. and and it was fun, mm. and that's how I got started. Maybe a year later, two years, three years later, I don't know. Dave Hoffman, who was running the children's 
department. Now put that in your mind. But, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, I was just thinking, I, w- yeah. I would pay to be there when that happened. <laughs> but, Please, God, uh, take me back just so I can so see. So that you. was, what, 25 years At ago? At least, yeah. It was probably 90, right around 90, hmm. maybe 91, right around there. And uh, and Dave said in the meeting, you know, it's getting too busy for me to do kids stuff. And I thought, thought to myself, I said, well, I like kids. They like me. So I said, I'll, I'll take it over. And that was about the, uh, the and Dave said, okay. And <laughs> and that's the beginning of the story. So wow. then I learned how to run a children's department. And you did it for 15, 20 years? About over 20 years. Yeah. Over wow. 20 years. Yeah, and then I, I, I moved up to the high school and as assistant principal. Did you ever, were there any ever any moments where you're like, I can't do this anymore? Yeah, oh, like, every day. Okay. I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I was some, I was some, every day. <laughs> I was thinking like maybe once <laughs> in a while, every day. I was some dumb kid, right? Said, oh, what do I do now? You know, I didn't realize that parents were important. Mm. You know, back then, it's just stupid parents in my way. I'm having fun with these kids, right? Yeah. And you, those are the kind of things you go in with and you learn real quick. And, and they're good life experience things. And uh, and I, it's been kind of funny watching my successor, David LeBon, learn that stuff. What a yeah. bum. Um, <laughs> Who's that David guy? With the it's but, Jeremy's brother for, uh, yeah, yeah. for the podcast listeners <laughs> out there. That's but, but that's kind of the story. And, and now I love working with high school kids. Yeah, so what you're doing now, you think a better fit for you? Do you like that more? It's certainly a better fit now for me. Mm. You know, 20 years ago, probably not. It probably would have been too cocky. And didn't know enough about life. Like your son, Ryan, now. <laughs> silence. Deadly silence. <laughs> good dad. Good I dad. don't think he listens, so. But he might. We can um, say whatever Now he want. can listen. Um, We're going to say your dad called you a bum on Yeah. On no, Jeremy called him a bum and I was just silent. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you should have you seen his nonverbal, guys. Yeah. So, yeah, I love working with high school kids now, um, being a principal in an administrative role. My real joy in life is teaching, but... When the principalship opened up, um, I didn't necessarily want to do it, you know, and I remember talking to Dave Hoffman about it, but it kind of came, you know, there, there's, there's points in life when something needs to happen and it was open and I was available and I'm a good guy, generally speaking, and kind of the idea if one man can do it, another man can do it. Yeah. So I stepped Mm -hmm. in and started doing it and it's been three years now and Mm. hasn't been perfect, but uh, I'm getting better. Yeah, <laughs> what it's been? What's been the hardest part for you? Parents, parents. Yeah, so we same <laughs> with kids ministry and <laughs> high school. You know, we we at so not the kids, but that's interesting though because no, the k- kids are kids. They're dorks. They're right. gonna do stupid things. They expect to do stupid things. They're gonna be idiots, and they're gonna actually surprise you at times. Yeah. They're just kids. They're just flowers growing, and they're and they're still growing. Hmm. So you you can't expect perfection from them, but their parents do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. We have a mission and an agenda at Foothills Christian High School, what we want to do. Mm. And um, parents have their agendas also, and kids have their agendas. Mm. My job is to say, this is our agenda. And, and frankly, if you don't want to fit in our agenda, then you don't belong here. Mm-hmm. And, but that causes stru- trouble and stru- struggles and trials and troubles sometimes. Yeah. Mm. What, what's, what, I mean, how do, you, how do you handle that? Like, what, what's the, I know there's no like perfect <laughs> formula for success or whatever, but I'm just trying to get an idea of like, when you have like a very clear obstacle in your ability to do your job or you know even like an ministry function how do you work around that yeah there's some basic principles one of them is uh is people are created in the image of god and no matter how how dumb they're doing things how dumb i'm doing things um they deserve respect and honor Mm. so how do you deal with it i might yell in my room I might grab another <laughs> teacher and go out and say, I can't believe, you know, 
you, yeah. you got to vent sometimes maybe, but when you're with somebody, you deal with them respectfully and honorably and you, and you put forth your points and you listen to their points honorably and respectfully and listen to them, really listen to them. And, and, um, sometimes if you cannot come to an agreement, then you have to separate. Hmm. But other than that, you, you do the best you can to, uh, to explain things hmm. honorably and respectfully and, and, and expect the same from them. Yeah. So in other words, be human, be kind. Yeah. And be just really and truly. Yeah. And, and one of the hardest things is you can't tell people everything. Hmm. And, and so they would say, well, yeah, when that happened with that kid, you did this. Well, they don't know what happened mm. with that kid. Right, right, right. And you just say, you know, I can't tell you what happened with that kid. I feel like that's a big thing. I mean, even I'm sure you've experienced the same thing, but uh, there's always like this fairness kind of thing that goes on with kids and with adults yep. where it's always like, why are you treating me this way when someone else wasn't given yep. the same yep. justice or yep. whatever it was? And the reality is you don't know, but also like, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? It, it's just yeah. about you and this circumstance. And maybe I didn't handle it properly before, but now I'm trying to handle it properly now. Yeah. And, and also it's just like parenting. It really yeah. is that, that you have different kids and your kids are different mm -hmm. and you'll treat one kid one way mm -hmm. and another kid a different way because they're different kids and you got to treat them differently. Right. It, it's not about fairness. It's about justice and it's about what helps you grow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, one kid you might have put in the dungeon and hang him by his thumbs for him to grow, and the other <laughs> by kid, his thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> and the other the other kid, you uh, you know, you say please stop, and they do, and mm -hmm. it's just two different kids. Yeah, me and Jeremy basically, right? <laughs> hang Jeremy by his thumbs. I could guess that so Lane was the good one. I'll just simply say this: that of my three kids, Ryan is the most psychologically well-adjusted. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> well can explain put, things the best about his childhood. In the well put. Ryan, Ryan is a good kid in th this area. He could look at things and say, hmm, that's probably not the best way to go. Hmm. Lane was learning. Yeah, Lane was learning and Derek uh, didn't care about that. Mm -hmm. Interesting. <laughs> well, I, I mean, obviously parenthood was going to be a question on our mind. Yeah. But well, I mean, since we're on it, why don't we just jump yeah. into it? I mean, sure. Becoming a father taking on that role i mean having kids like, that's a whole yeah that, like, that, it, it's a scary thing you know what one, one thing uh, i had good parents again but my parents never and and I, I maybe i'm blind but never sat down with me and said hey this is coming up in your life mm. think about these yeah. things i mean i did everything on my own in terms of college in terms of girls in terms of, of all that stuff and so so i and a part of that was me, right? I was an introvert. I was, I am an introvert. I'm a person who, who's smart and figure I can do it on my own. So I didn't seek out, seek out people, right. which is dumb. But my dad also didn't, didn't seek me out in terms of that. And I love my dad and my dad's good and all that kind of stuff, but I wish he'd done better in that area. Hmm. So, um, in terms of parenting, my dad raised seven kids. Dang it. He, he had a little bit of wisdom. Yeah. I wish you could, you know, you can't see me roll my eyes here, um, <laughs> but, but I wish I had sat down and talked to me about it. Mm. So I had my first kid a little late. I think I was 29 when I had Lane. And I remember coming back home, holding this, you know, 20 hour old kid or whatever it was in my hands and looking at her and thinking, really thinking, no matter what I do, I, my life is going to heavily impact this kid. Mm. And that's a big deal. Right. Yeah. And, and right then and there, that forced me to think to grow up a little bit and think, okay, I got to start thinking about how to do stuff more. Hmm. And that was a big deal. So one thing kids did is they helped me to grow up and forced me to grow up. And I was fortunate. Um, before we had kids, I took a parenting class uh, through Foothills Christian Church and the people teaching. It was a great class. And I, I said, well, I don't know any better. Nobody's told me any better, taught me any better. 
but I'm going to put these principles into practice and see what happens. And I did, and they're basically good godly principles overall, and and good things happen. Wow. So, and then you had two more. And yeah, then you raise all three of them. None of which were planned, by the way. They're all surprises. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, see, so did you ever, I mean, <laughs> did you plan on having kids at some point, or was it just kind of? No. Really? We didn't plan really? on not having kids, but it oh. wasn't like, we need kids at all. Yeah. Wow. And, Interesting. And well, Corey's pretty accustomed to that, so. That's, yeah, story of my life. Yeah. I was an accident. <laughs> if you didn't um, know, world, he was an yeah. accident. I was, yeah. yeah, I was the accident surprise of all surprises. Oh, but I, mean, I, I don't know if you know that much, but no. my so my dad was 53 and my mom was 42 when they had me. <sighs> they had both been married a few times before and um they really like were n- never even thought it was possible to have another kid. And uh so all my siblings are my the closest one is 17 years older than me and then <laughs> the the ne- the oldest one is 23 years older than me, so double my age now. And uh so it was this is why it's important to take biology in high school yeah i know <laughs> now it blows my mind really i'm like I, i've yeah. never understood but now i have so much i'm like oh, how did he i don't know mm-hmm. so i consider myself a miracle in a lot of ways now and an accident still but uh but yeah anyways yeah. i don't know how we That's got on that but yeah. oh because yeah. i, I made was a little comment my bad no but no I, th- I think it's kind of fun to uh like we we didn't find out the gender of our children <laughs> because i think it's kind of fun for to have surprises um, I, I think that like not until yeah, until it physically hey, came. Oh, out. it's a boy. What do you know? <laughs> ah, it is you fun. Know, yeah. I mean, I, I think it takes some of the fun away and this is, maybe this is an old guy talking, you know, all this, all the nonsense today, everybody, <gasps> gender reveal, you know, <laughs> the balloons. Oh, oh the Lordy, box. Lord help me. I better shut up. <laughs> <laughs> just stop there. Just, yeah. Yeah. But, but hey, raising kids is good. Again, raising kids, just like marriage is a trick from God. It, it's a job that it's it's a trick from God to help you grow up, force you to grow up too. Yeah. So everybody everybody should have three kids, yeah. maybe four, and uh, maybe five. Yeah. Because it forced you to grow up. Mm-hmm. Huh. No question. So what is it like now, still being a father, but your kids are independent and moved out? So what is your role now, and what's that like? <laughs> it's way better. <laughs> <laughs> as I ask yeah. that question, it's whole face lit up like freedom. Yeah, kind of freedom. freedom. <laughs> uh, it's really good having kids who, who just you know, d- despite the faults, despite the dumb things you do as a parent, but if you love them and 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 discipline them and treat them well and let them go when you should let them go and not be that crazy helicopter mm-hmm. parent, and, and and let life teach them and let God teach them to see them as functioning adults, you know, more or less, as much as a twenty-five-year-old can be a functioning adult. Uh, it's when so it's so cool. Adults, it's so cool. Yeah, exactly. It's so cool. I mean, I I can have great fun with my kids now and treat them as adults. They're they're more peers with a special relationship. So it's really cool. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad I had three kids. Yeah, yeah. I also wanted. To, uh, I just remembered. I wanted to ask you about. Uh, you mentioned how. Oh no! Now it's now it's now it's, I'm losing it. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, you said that uh, when you were growing up, your dad didn't sit you down and tell you yeah. about things you should look out for. And I think that's a good point because I think I've had a sort of similar experience and I know that a lot of other people have, especially men, but, uh, like how important is it really to, well, I I just feel like there's a lot of parents out there who feel like as long as I teach them the rules and I be a good example that my kids will figure it out on their own. That's, that's such nonsense. Hmm. Why? (laughs) Because a, uh, your kids don't like your rules, Hmm. right? So 
teaching the rules, showing them, model them the rules, truly follow your own rules, and give them a real good reason why these are the rules. If you, as a parent, if you can't say this rule is important and here's why, then throw the dang rule out. Yeah. I mean, you know, less rules, more freedom. Which, which, but you gotta have rules, right? Good boundaries, but, like, you know, explain the rules. Sit down with your kids and say, here's why. And again, if you can't, then throw that rule out. Yeah. And and if you can't figure it out, then why are you trying to teach it to your kids? Yeah. Um, the worst response to hear as a little kid was because I said. Yeah. So. It's a, it's yeah. A, it's a yeah. Now, now I I would say that if you've asked me fifteen yeah. times the same thing, yeah. then you you know I want to punch you in the throat, but I won't. So I'll say because I said so. Which you probably have. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's well after the fact. Have a good reason. Have rules. Have a few. Have a few real broad rules. You know, uh, don't hit your brother. Uh, be respectful. That covers a lot of stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> covers all problems for, for children. Don't hit your brother. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, but, yeah. but I think the, the a good point there is like actually have those conversations. Yeah. I mean, I can think of a few conversations like um, hair is coming in places that you probably never expected they would. Or you're going to start feeling things for people and a certain species that you never thought you would. Um, you're going to you know, grow up and be an adult and be yeah. independent one day. Yeah. Uh, it's not okay to do or say certain things after a certain point. Yeah. Um, I mean, what are some of the big things that you think are important? Well, some of the big things I think are important, um, you know, t- teach them how to respect other people. Mm-hmm. You know, t- teach them, re- you know, like I said earlier, teach them really that everybody you see is created by God and God's image reflects God. So think about that is God's son or God's daughter you're talking to right now. And if their dad, God, was standing behind him, what would you be saying to that kid, mm-hmm. to that kid, right, or that person? Yeah. To treat them that way, act that way, you know, act cause, act towards them that way, treat them that way. And major in the majors and minor in the minors. And I don't care if my kid has a dirty room, you know, uh, but I care if his heart's dirty inside because he's watching pornography, mm. right? Um, I'm way more concerned that my kids treat people with respect and know the Ten Commandments in order or, or whatever, that they, you know, put the fork on the right side of the plate. Right. Um, the, the principle, not the rules. Yeah. Kind of yeah. 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 I think that's a valuable point. You know, be good, be kind, be fair. Um, understand that people aren't like you and it's not all about you. And life will teach you that. And my job as a dad is to is to, when life teaches you that and you get hurt to t- help you learn why mm-hmm. and learn what works and what doesn't in, in all areas, spiritually, physically, you know, relationally. Yeah. That's my job. Yeah. Yeah. That's great stuff. Yeah. I have a question. It's not in our notes, but um, you <gasps> mentioned pornography. And I know that you, I don't know if you still do, but you used to put on that little like, I clinic. You stop. <laughs> that's not what I was. Oh, okay. That's funny. Um, but you had that workshop that you do, and you so you educate, and then you scare the crap out of kids, and th- with stats, and then you try to help people. So yeah. I want to know what sparked you, like putting that together, and kind of I guess what are your overall thoughts? I guess yeah. What sparked me putting nutshell? that together is is a couple of things, and one was uh, again the real belief that that girls are daughters to the King of Heaven, mm-hmm. right? Even girls in pornography, they're daughters of the King of Heaven. And um, I have I have no right as a man to to treat a daughter of the King of Heaven as anything other than the daughter of the King of Heaven, right? And I saw how much damage pornography causes in in families and relationships, and how a guy will think of a woman, mm-hmm. or, you know, 
just great damage. And then when you say stats to tear the crap out of them, that's just showing them, trying to show them, hey, what you're doing here alone in the darkness is actually causing great damage to you and to your future spouse and kids. Mm-hmm. And when I, when I learned that through study, and I forget why I started studying, maybe because I started teaching that class in high school, so I really got Did into someone it. someone ask you to? or just Somebody asked me to teach the class. Got it. Okay. And part of that class was sexual brokenness. And, and part of that, of course, is pornography. And, and I, when I began to learn how really damaging pornography is and how we don't hear about it anywhere um, in our culture or even in church pulpits or really anywhere, we, you know, we, we don't hear about it. Our culture, you know, pushes you on into those ridiculous areas that I decided, dang it, we, we need to talk about this. And so I started telling kids and, and, and for, so we have a pornography a porn week in, in, in my class, and it's, it's the quietest week of the whole semester. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember that. <laughs> but uh, it's a very, very valuable stuff, and, mm-hmm. and our kids need to realize that, you know, both both genders need, need to realize that the other one is precious and uh, and 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 not to be used and abused. Yeah. Mm. Well, that yeah. for me, that was um, like when I finally broke free from porn. Cool. Uh, my senior year, because you, so you came to, so I heard that at class. Um, the workshop at Future Quest, mm-hmm. and then I heard it. Uh, I'm not sure if it was during school yet, but I remember for our our uh, senior small group um, in September. So like right when senior year started, uh, we invited you to come to our group, and you gave you know your classic you know 40 minute porn talk. Mm-hmm. And at the very end, I remember you looked at all of us and you said, "I guarantee you guys to try to stop for 30 days, and mm-hmm. I guarantee you can't do it." <laughs> and uh, you said it with like such assurance that I was like. Screw this old man. Cool. I'm doing it. It's like I felt exactly like the person I'm talking to. Like competitive and like I'm gonna do this. And so that it worked. And um it was super hard, but I remember like that is what sparked it for me. Was I think just being um almost like afraid. what well, I don't want to say afraid, but I think just fearing God. Yeah. That's kind of what your talk really does is encourages you to like understand what's really happening, um, to have compassion for for the girls and then to fear God. And so um I you know, I felt um compelled to stop and i did so um i know for me that was like really impactful excellent. so i think we uh excellent we'll probably do an episode on porn and maybe it'll be on again but yeah we will yeah we'll dive into that more but yeah cool. that was that was a huge thing for me too i think i don't i don't i don't know if i went through the cl- was it like a class or like a course or i must have missed it you were in my class yeah did you do it as yeah. the class okay oh yeah yeah then okay so i wasn't like particularly struggling with it but i think that that gave me like a, a new insight into why it was just so wrong and why it was so because i think i always came at it as like a don't do it it's bad you know be a good boy like just stay away and follow the rules and those rules that was my 13 year old person right i talked about that earlier i want to do what's right but it was just too much fun not to yeah and so when you put it in perspective of it hurts you it hurts yourself it hurts your future relationship it hurts your future like satisfaction with your partner yeah. and i was like wow this is like i said it's a fear of god but i mean there a little bit it is like kind of scary and you do be afraid of like i want the best for me and for my future wife and therefore like this is like a very bad thing it's a very real threat yeah. to yeah. that to those things yeah it's not kind of like this passive I, I think a lot of people think well, what harm does it do mm-hmm. to me or someone else? Th- they need to look at the brain studies on how it affects the brain. They'll find out what harm it does. Yeah. Because yeah. it's a real addiction. Yeah. 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 Wow, that was a big yeah. thing for sure. I'm glad you brought that up. Well, let's uh, jump to the next question. That's cool. Yeah. Unless uh, you... Uh, we, were, we, were just, um, <laughs> we were just talking offline about it, but uh, 
I want to talk a little about about fellowship. Yeah, and yeah. Um, that Christian word. What's fellowship? I know it's hanging around with other people. <laughs> yeah, but could you explain? Just I mean, I feel like that's it's a more recent kind of yeah. development with you. I mean, yeah. not recent. In the yeah, sense yeah, of yeah, in a sense, in my life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, like I told you guys earlier, I, I'm an introvert. I, I, I you know, it's, I really learned that probably ten years ago. It's so stupid. Hmm. You think I should learn these things when I'm twenty? Yeah, um, <laughs> but really, and I, and I realized that I'm a fairly sensitive guy, and tears. Um, <laughs> And and that's okay, right? But what that had done to me um, is is it put me at arm's distance from people. I chose to keep people at arm's distance because people are messy, people are hurt, right? Mm. And 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 screw them, I don't want to get hurt, right? But but through some reading, through of course, as as you guys know, the 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 dissolution of my marriage, through that I realized that I need people, right? And and I told you guys earlier that I had uh, I, I or, or and the I didn't tell you earlier. So so I got together with two of my friends, Gary and John, and said let's start meeting. And, and so we started meeting every week. We have been for like five years. But but um, I well, need hold on back up. You said okay. that so casually. But okay. so <laughs> explain what you guys do. You meet pretty consistently. Yeah, right? Tuesday afternoons at four thirty we meet and we do all sorts of things. We've gone through books. We've we've uh, we've. <laughs> Gone, go, going through voting stuff last week. We go out and have great dinners in places. We've uh, taken our wives out to. We just it's just it's just, I guess, fellowships. Just hanging and learning how to live with somebody else, other people, you know, intentionally, as opposed to just kind of seeing hi, how you doing, and then you don't see anybody for another week or month or whatever. Um, and that's really really important. And through that, and th- especially through a book, a book I've read several times now and gone through with people several times, called the DNA of Relationships by. Uh, I've heard by, that. by Smalley, Gary Smalley, I think. Yeah, and it's just a fabulous book that 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 taught me how to how to live with people properly, and how to love people properly, and and how to deal with hard things properly. And then the book Boundaries by 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 Townsend. I figured Henry Townsend, I think, hmm. how to be able to say, you know, you can't come any close. You're a hurtful. You're a hurtful person, and be okay with that. And and then be able to deal with hard things because I got people who who, who are my who are support with me now, and I can trust people better. And all those things led me to realize that, that a I needed people. And then I, I read a book, a book called uh, terrible title, called Ministry in the Image of God. <laughs> who would want to read that book? And my, my my daughter recommended it to me, and she's smart, so I said, okay, I'll read that book. Terrible title. And, and it was a book that talked about how God is, is a trinity. It's three real persons, real distinct persons in a constant relationship hmm. that is God. And then he stamped us in that image, right? And so that's part of me too. I am designed and I'm designed and made for relationships. Hmm. And how's that going to look? I don't know. We, we can figure that one out. But for me to say, I don't need people. I'm smart. I can figure it out on my own. It's just cutting my legs off. Hmm. I'm not designed for that. And uh, and that has brought a lot of depth and joy and life to me over the last, just to say, 10 years mm-hmm. that just wasn't there before. Mm-hmm. And it's so cool. And I, like, I'll hang around with guys like you and not go, I don't do that stupid thing. I'd, ra- I'd rather go and, you know, play Battlefield on the computer where I'm talking to anybody. <laughs> uh, thank you for Given sacrificing your Thursday night <laughs> yeah. for that. Well, that's so funny because um, I feel like even in this experience <sighs> together, I'm, I'm definitely an introvert. And even like doing this podcast has been almost like therapeutic for me a little bit because yeah. it's a chance to just, well, like you're, 
you can't do small talk because small talk is boring. Yeah. But you have to go in depth mm-hmm. because you're sitting down with someone and you talk for, you know, an hour or so. But it's it's like uh, it brings me a lot of life because mm-hmm. I hate small talk. And as mm-hmm. an introvert, I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't want to ever be surface level. I only want my certain people and then yeah. I want to just dive into to the good stuff with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's really important because a lot of guys maybe don't have that and they don't have that place where they can go. 4.30 on Tuesday nights and they can just go and have conversation and yeah. Yeah. quote unquote fellowship, um, whichever Christianese kind of word you want to use for it. Um, but it's really impacted your life yeah. a lot. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, I can live without it. Right. Yeah. And I can look good without it and do well without it and, you know, figure things out without it. But, but I, I miss the, the, the depth of life that God designed mm-hmm. before. Hmm. So what has um, made that stick? For me, I think I've tried that a few times. Like, hey, like, bro, let's get together every other week, whatever. And it never sticks. So for you, what what makes it? You don't pick idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Corey, you're, you're cut, man. Dang it, am I an idiot? <laughs> no, no. You, you well, I mean, five years is a no. Yeah, like like anything like anything else, you, you decide what's important and you do that thing. Hmm. And, and it, it's important or it's not. It's like going to church on Sunday. I'm gonna go to bloody church on Sunday. And you know, I don't want to often, but I'm not. I don't live by my by my wants, hmm. sort of. I you know I, I I those are important things. I'm gonna, you know, you know one thing. Home fellowships, home groups, are interesting, and they're not necessarily fun because <laughs> they're full of people you don't necessarily want to hang with often. Hmm. But I decided a long time ago I'm gonna go to this stupid home group because I was made for relationships, and and so. Almost every time I don't want to go. There's some people that I love, you know. I just, but yeah. but almost every time I don't want to go. But I'm gonna go anyways because it's important, whether I feel like it's important or not. Hmm. So you choose these things and say some things are important. I'm gonna do them no matter what, hmm. and that's one of the things. And pick good people. Yeah. Right. That's it. I'm What's important? <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm astounded at like the <laughs> conviction that you have and like, because I, I feel like I'm a little bit that way where I'm like I'm just gonna go do this thing and like that's it. But um, I mean, even then, like there are certain things that I don't want to do or people I don't want to be around. And I'm like, oh, do I really have to go tonight or do I really have to do this thing? Or and it's hot. I mean, is that a conviction or yeah, a discipline yeah. that you feel like? You yeah, are, yeah, exactly. Developed. Are you going to live on your feelings or live on your principles? Hmm. And and I think our culture and and sorry, gentlemen, but our millennial culture lives on their feelings. And that's a horrible way to live. I mean, it feels good every now and yeah. then. But there's no life there. You're going to do stupid things. You're not going to focus on important things. Important things are hard, and so you don't want to do them. But there's a reason they're hard, because they bring good results. And so pick those important things. If you're going to if you're gonna have a, a, you know, let's just talk about relationships. You're going to have a girlfriend, then pick a good girl first, and then really focus on, on, on making it work. Yeah. If you're not going to focus on making it work, don't mess with that girl's heart and screw her up. Hmm. Right. Or your own heart and screw up. Don't do it. Yeah. Well, this is a perfect segue to another point we want to touch on, which, okay, again, back to one of your classes in high school. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure it was all the same class, yeah. uh, which is a, which is like the f- most fantastic class. Uh, say, say that again. The most fantastic class. <sighs> <laughs> that just satisfies your ego. Um, but it always stuck with me and you, s- and I love it because it's like kind of a tongue twister, but you say, become the person the person you're looking for is looking for. Yeah. Can you break that down? Yeah. On the path yeah. I didn't make that up. I stole that from yeah. Andy Stanley. Good. 
Um, All great things are yeah. stolen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Originality is the art of concealing your sources. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I stole that from Andy That's Stanley, cool. a preacher in, in on the East Coast, and uh, and basically Disney lies. Um, our our culture is a bunch of is a stupid culture. If you if you take your relationship cues from from your your ridiculous rap music or uh, or <laughs> <laughs> or, or country music yes, or, uh, go, yeah. or 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 you know the movies or whatever you're just totally on the wrong path again Disney lies um, <laughs> yeah I I if I want to find a person let's just talk relationships a person to to be to live with um, because if you're not interested in, in finding the person to live with and don't go out with somebody cause you're just going to hurt them. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot that you go there, but I don't want to go there. It's not about th- There's nobody is going to make me complete. There's nobody is going to fix me. I have flaws. I have, I'm, I'm broken in areas. I, I, you know, I need to grow in areas. I have strengths in areas, but there's nobody out there that I can say, Oh, I'm going to be stupid me and that person will cover me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can do that, but that does not lead to good relationships. Dang. Right. Um, we all have a dream person, right? Yeah. Hopefully, I have so hopefully this person you're married. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, if I want that dream person, then this was that, this was that, that quote means become the person that dream person is looking for. Mm-hmm. Right. Make yourself into that good person so that that good person will say hey i want a person just like that guy which is you yeah right don't expect them to come and fix you because mm-hmm. and, and you know if you don't live there's no happily ever after yeah there's you, you get married to a good person and you grow and that person grows and you grow together and you live life together and it's good and it's hard and it's fun and it's good and it's hard and it's fun and that's the way life is yeah nobody's there to fix it. there's nobody there who's going to complete me the whole soulmate thing is ridiculous nonsense did i say disney lies <laughs> yeah. yes just so you know. we, we got it <laughs> i think it's a little <laughs> there's a few a few times in there we can get there but i love that because like the idea of the one or you know the soulmate yeah there is no one out there for you yeah but it's so ingrained until you marry a person then that's the one mm. then that's the and one. dang it learn how to live with that one well yeah but i love that saying because it's almost like become the one for someone else in a way yeah, exactly know, but, but it puts the responsibility on you mm-hmm. instead of the other person like you said instead of me thinking i'm going to go out and find the perfect fit for me it's instead i'm going to grow up and become a great fit for someone else absolutely it's never going to be the perfect fit but becoming the person that the person you're looking for is looking for puts all of the ownership on you mm-hmm. yeah. to deal with yourself and then you know then it's not about you fix me and we make and you make yeah. me happy, but it's yeah. I want to make you happy and I can help you grow up in a lot of ways. Yeah, part of it is you know be a man, dang it, grow up <laughs> before you get somebody else tangled with you. Okay, wait, Jer- Jeremy and I have been looking for like a tagline or something. <laughs> be a man, dang it, I love it. That's just grow up. <laughs> no, that that's so great. Yeah, and, and just an aside with relationships, relationships are adult things that don't mess with adult things until you're an adult. Hmm. Mm. You know. Fire, man! We got a lot of zingers in here. <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay, so just a like slight tangent, but what is your stance on dating relationships as pertaining to young men? <laughs> <laughs> He's laughing. <laughs> as pertaining to young men, well, again, guess, again, don't be an idiot. Yeah, yeah. Again, what I just said is, is don't mess with adult things until you're an adult. Mm. So I, I think if you're 14, you're not ready. Yeah. Right. Uh, I'm sorry, all those moms out there who are dreaming. Uh, never mind. I'll be good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
heart stuff, heart, H-E-A-R-T stuff, is real serious. And, and God designed us to, 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 to bond, to, to tie hearts together. And don't, don't start that process until you're ready to start that process. Mm-hmm. And you're just not until you're growing up a bit. So, you know, I would, I would say, you know, I'm just making up numbers, but 90% of high school dating is stupid. Yeah. And I'm just making up that 90%, but most people are not ready for, for any kind of real relationship in high school. So don't do it. Yeah. Grow up, dang, have fun, live with your, you know, live with your buddies and friends and have fun and don't be an idiot and don't get involved with them. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, girls are complicated enough. Don't, don't get involved with them when you're, when you don't even know who you are yet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and then when you, when you t- begin to figure out who you are a little bit, and you begin to become the person the person you're looking for is looking for a little bit, then be real, real serious and careful. Because hmm. the heart of a daughter of God is a tender thing, and, and it's not something you should screw with. Yeah. And, uh, and treat that person real careful. And, and learn from other people, not the knuckleheads are your same age. You know, every, every person should have some old couple to go to and say, old like is over 30, okay? Um, <laughs> to say, to say, how do I do this? Right? Yeah. And there's old people, that, you know, there, there's some 50-year-old people, those really, really old people, couples, yeah. who would just love to talk to you. Mm-hmm. And they have so much wisdom. And sometimes you got to work it out of them. You know, some, right? Um, <laughs> they have so much wisdom in this area. And, and who, you know, whoever talks to them about this? Nobody. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. start encouraging people to do that. Okay, so I have a question for you. Uh, so I have three kind of themes in my life right now, three questions I'm trying to answer. One is what are the habits that I need to build mm-hmm. in order to become the person that I want to be? And that's a story for another time. Number two is how do I be a better spiritual leader to Monique? And number three is uh, how do I become a full-time entrepreneur, which is another story. But specifically, how do I become a better spiritual leader for my spouse? Mm-hmm. What, what are your thoughts on that? Um, none of this is a mystery. Huh. All right. Again, if, if it's based on how do I feel like I'm going to be a better spiritual leader, you're, you're going to lose. Hmm. How do you be a better spiritual leader? You just do it. Yeah. You say, honey, let's go pray. And then you go do it. And it's awkward and weird and stupid, and you don't have to say the first <laughs> top few times. But then you begin to get better at it. Honey, let's read the Bible together. You just do it. You know, you, you, you set those appointments and do them, right? You know, honey, let's go to church this weekend. You don't skip church. You don't. Uh, you don't skip home group. You you just do the things you know that are right, yeah. and you just continue to do them. Hmm. And you plan. If you have to plan them, you plan them. Churches once a week on Sunday. It's at the same time. Plan your life to do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because that's what me and Jeremy are talking about. It's like the more that we kind of explore it, and the more that we ask ourselves, the more we realize that we just have to lead by doing. Yeah. Exactly. Lead by example, yep. and just it's sort of like I hate. Um, I'm really opposed to the like whole man up kind of cliche, mm-hmm. but in a lot of ways you just have to man up and do it. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's a, a realization that's becoming more and more real to me. And I tell you girls, uh, uh, this could get you in trouble, but, but girls are I me mean, in trouble, but <laughs> girls are designed by God to, to follow some good guys. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And if you're a good man and you're doing these things, the girl will follow you. Hmm. Stop. I mean, they're, they're, you know, let's, be, let's be honest. Girls are, gen- you know, hope the girls are listening are generally smarter than us. They're yeah. generally, they're generally, <laughs> they're, they're, they're generally more up on the whole relationship thing. They see bigger pictures than us. All their brain works together, yeah. and they see things better than us. And so they're a little bit intimidating, hmm. right? Um, so they can often 
do a relationship job better than we can. Mm. But so what? Our job is to lead, you know, learn how to do it and do it. Yeah. You know? Well, that's so funny because, and maybe it's just because of the nature of, of girls and women that they're more outspoken mm-hmm. and encouraging. But I've had like 10 times more girls come up to me and like, hey, I love the podcast. Listen to your episode. than guys, <laughs> which is like, <laughs> am I reaching the right people or am I like marketing to the wrong? I don't know what I'm doing wrong. But you need free beer for the guys, <laughs> I guess. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's, that should be our giveaway. It's just like a whole <laughs> a six pack of beer or something. No, just kidding with you. But um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's great insight. I appreciate that a lot. Yeah, pr- primarily, I think most things when we say, how do we do this? It's just do it. Mm-hmm. Just start. You know, ask people, wise people. Dude, do end with the one liners tonight. Yeah, I know. Ask wise people, then do what they tell you Yeah. on a regular basis, and you'll be in good shape. Whatever area, not just spiritual, but entrepreneurship or, you know, how to wash your car i don't know whatever yeah. ask somebody who knows how to do it then do what they say mm-hmm. yeah learn by doing parenting well i think we're starting to wrap up here but i w- wanted to get your thoughts also on the millennial kind of not not millennial actually i, I want to x x that out yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. just <laughs> the, the next generation of christian men hmm. kind of all i'm dumb yeah you know what's your advice yeah, what what are your what's your perceptions what are people struggling with right now what do people need to hear? Yeah, I, I think I think guys, younger guys, need to hear a, a real compassion. You, you you talked about the, the you know the man up cliche, but a real compassionate um, learn how to be a man, hmm. you know, and that doesn't mean you drink more beer and you watch more pornography. No, learn how to be yeah. a man. Um, you you are like I've said this so many times already, right? You're a son of the King of Heaven, dang it, right? You really are. It's not just a nice idea. You really are. What does it mean hmm. to be a son of God? Learn what that means, right? Uh, do do some biblical studies. Learn from older guys. Learn what that means to be a son of God. L- what what does a son of God do? What's he like? How does he act? Hmm. And then do it, right? Hmm. Act like that. Um, fight the battles you need to fight. We all know the battles we need to fight. Nobody has to tell us, right? There's interior battles we have to fight. Uh, you know, we're, we're doing nothing until we slay the dragons that are tough. You know, and, and we live in a culture uh, at this time, the American culture is extremely permissive in a lot of areas. Needs to pick on the sexual one because it's easy. Well, every guy's got to fight that battle. Mm-hmm. It doesn't just go away. Fight the battle and, and then get up the next morning and fight it again mm-hmm. and fight it again. Whatever they are, whatever your particular battles are, become the man who, who knows how to fight battles because you're in a war. You are born in a world at war. Yeah. And, and you can't run away from it. If you do, you've already lost. And you can't. I mean, it's there. So learn to be a man of fight mm-hmm. in a good sense. Our our, our culture uh, tends to wimpify men and and super make girls into super women, whatever. I don't know what how you <laughs> want to say it. Well, well, say screw you to the culture. Stand up and 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 be a man and and fight the right battles. And you know, don't worry about toxic masculinity. There are idiots out there. Just don't be one of them. Yeah. Right. Um, get into good relationships with other guys, honorable, strong, good relationships. We do need each other. Um, don't bow down to our culture. Don't culture. Don't give up. Don't be, you know, the MGTOW men going their own ways. Don't go to that nonsense either. Um, fit where you fit and learn to live there and be a man and do it and do it and do it and do it. <laughs> and, uh, and if you don't know how to do it, 
ask somebody who does and do what they tell you. Yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. There's some so good there's some good men out there. Kind of along with that, um, what would you tell your twenty three year old self? <laughs> what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> what did I tell my twenty three year old self? Um do I tell Dan Dealing when he was twenty three years old? Yeah. Yeah. Uh get get, get in the battle. Get you know, yeah. uh don't worry about getting hurt. Don't worry about making people happy. Do what is right and you'll make people happy and you'll make people mad, but do what is right. Um, every time you can be real quick to say, I'm sorry, cause you're going to f- screw up often. Uh, <laughs> uh, be, be quick to forgive people cause they're going to hurt you. That's okay. Mm. That's just life. They're idiots too. And it's okay. Um, yeah. but get, but, but get in the battle, get, get in the heat. Don't, don't stand on the sidelines. Mm. Yeah. And, and when you say, well, what battle, you know, each of us know inside what battle. Mm. And so get in those battles. And, and fight them with honor and respect and, and know that you're fighting uh, spiritual powers more than the people around you. Treat yeah. them with honor and respect. Yeah. yeah. It makes me think too, like when, when every man has a battle and again, there's a lot of, like I try to avoid making these huge general kind of statements and lumping people together. But uh, I, I feel like um, when a man does struggle with, with something, we're not, we're not really taught how to fight in a lot of ways. We're yeah. not really taught to push back against and like, you know, be a man, be strong, like take courage, like use the strength of the Lord and like, don't, you know, rely on other people. And so I feel like for, for a lot of men, there's sort of been like this oppression on like whatever your fight is, like that's just your struggle and mm-hmm. you carry that and you carry that wound proud. And it's kind of like your chip on yeah. the shoulder. Carry that wound proud is a kind of lame saying. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, but I mean, it's almost like it's, romanticized in a way of like my past was x y and z and i went through this and no one can tell me this because i did that and yeah yeah and you don't have a right to tell me this because you know whatever whoever wasn't there um but it really i mean i just wanted to say like i appreciate that point of of fight and do something about it and face it head on because it is scary and you do have to do battle with a lot of those things yeah you know i've I've said to, to a lot of people actually that you're unique you're special you're right God made you special. That's true. <laughs> and, th- and, I, and I'm not and you're laughing. I'm, this. But it's true. No, you are. You really are. You're unique. God made you special. But your experiences are not special. Yeah. Many, many, many millions, hundreds of thousands of people have gone down the same road you've gone down. I don't care what road it is. Hmm. Right? F- learn from them where that road goes. And if it's a good road, go there. If it's a bad road, don't go there. Hmm. Right? Um, it, the, again, it is, it's not a big surprise if I, if I you know, uh, take drugs that it's going to hurt me. You're unique, Surprise. you're unique, yeah. but drugs hurt you, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're unique, but if you smoke enough pot, you're not gonna be thinking very well, right? Mm-hmm. You're unique, but if you look at a lot of pornography, you're going to screw up your relationship with women. You're unique, but if you drive 80 miles an hour in the dark on the wrong side of the freeway, you're going to get in a wreck. Uh, yeah. So the, the unique thing is an excuse often for a lot of bad behavior. Hmm. That's a big one. And, and also in the same way, uh, you know, in our time in ministry, I feel like I realize this more and more, is that when you're young, you're scared to kind of bring up your battle or this thing yeah, that you struggle with yeah, because yeah, you yeah. feel like you're unique. And then now, I, it's almost like I talk about things like it's too normal. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, <laughs> so who here is struggling with pornography right now? Yeah, you know, I, just, yeah. just tell me because yeah. I know it's happening. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, wait, I, I, I should probably have a little more tact and respect and compassion about it yeah but really in reality 
everyone is going through a lot of the same issues, a lot of the same yeah. struggles yeah. and men, especially uh, I should say, but like men have a lot of the same struggles, a, you know, a lot of the struggles being, um, you know, not having the right friend group or being tempted by your friends to act a certain way. Another one being pornography and lust and seeing women objectifying women the wrong way. Another being disconnected or workaholic or, you know, involved in your own little world and not connected to the right things. Yeah. Um, but I feel like the more that you bring those to the surface and even just normalize the conversation around it, the easier it gets to face yeah. those battles. Yeah, exactly. And, and so that's why we need each other. Yeah. So we can be together and talk about those things. Right? Yeah. You know, that, that that's it. That's a huge part of it. And not be scared about it. And not be scared. And be scared about it. But who cares? Talk about it anyways. Right. Right? Because <laughs> you're going to so be scared. Simple. No, no. no. <laughs> it is true. And I know, I know your dad has said this before, Jeremy. But it, one thing that is true, when you get super old like, like me and your dad. Yeah, super um, old. You yeah. just don't care as much about those things. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was in high school, everything mattered what everybody thought about me. Yeah. Right? Absolutely everything. And, you know, you just begin to understand that that stuff's really not all that important hmm. as, as you get older. Now, you guys are getting a little older. I mean, you're, you're, what, you're 18 now, Jeremy? <laughs> just turned 18. <laughs> yeah. You should have seen him a couple of weeks ago. He looked like he was 18. <laughs> he just started shaving. I look 12, man. It was <laughs> yeah, bad. I 12. Uh, yeah. Never yeah. again. No, yeah. that, that's good stuff. Yeah. Well, um, I, I had two more I for sure wanted to ask oh before yeah. we Go wrap up. Cool. Um, uh, let's see here. So I think you may have alluded to this one, but I still want to ask it. Um, what would you say is the hardest lesson you've had to learn throughout your life? Yeah, and I have alluded to it. Hardest lesson is uh, face hard things yeah. and, and deal with them. And, I've, you know, one thing I've learned is that fear, and, and I don't know where it comes from, but it's there. Not as much as it used to be, but it's still there. Just the fear of doing something. <gasps> and, and it's also a panicky fear. It's just, a, I can't do this. Well, A, you can. Um, and B, when I've done them, usually because I had to because of the job situation, I have to do this. I can't avoid it anymore, right? Um, it's never, ever as bad as a fear. Mm -hmm. Ever, 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 ever. That's a really good point. Ever, ever. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, so do those things. A, you can do them. And, and B, it's never as bad. And when you do it, it's always, it's always, uh, always a better situation. You know, there, there's a phrase, it's a famous phrase, but if you have to eat a live frog, do it first thing in the morning. So if you got a hard thing to do, just do it. Yeah. Otherwise, it just sits there and sits there and sits there and sits there. So those kind of things, dealing with hard stuff and just doing them, is is a big, it's a good, good thing. Um, this one, I'm actually really excited and curious to hear your answers. But I want to know, um, what are some of your favorite books that you'd recommend? Mm. I feel like you're just like a wealth <laughs> yeah. of knowledge. So well, well wait, wait, hold on, Dan. Have you heard of our favorites page? Our cultivateandkeep.com/slash/favorites. No. Okay. So we're putting together this, basically this library kind of page where you can click on a category and Book, then it'll show books, cool. podcasts, it'll show apps. all of our favorite resources yeah. for that category. So we have books, apps, websites, podcasts. So you already mentioned like three of them. I need to get yeah. them from your notes. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get in there. But just have that in, yeah. in mind. And and you curate that, correct? Yeah. Because people put all sorts of stupid things no, up we, there. No, we hand select. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. You can trust it. My favorite movie is, you know. <laughs> no Disney movies on there. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, well, after tonight. <laughs> favorite books, favorite books. Um, now, A, first thing is read, dang it. Hmm. Read, people. Hmm. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's, I know you've heard it before and you're rolling your eyes. Not you guys, but but listeners. Um Scientific studies. I mean, every study shows reading is extremely good for you, way better than, than watching. So read. But it's so hard. Just start doing it. 
Okay, pick stuff you like, and then from there go on to stuff you don't like that is really good for you. Books. Uh, C.S. Lewis's Mere Christianity is the absolute seminal book of my life. Mm. C.S. Lewis, Mere Christianity. Taking notes. Why that one? Why? Because it's the first time I ever, I, I read it, and it's a hard read, but for the first time in my life, I realized that Christianity was true on a rational, logical point of view just then I believe, instead of just I believe it because mm. I think it's right. It was, it was it was totally changed my worldview. And you read it after you became after yeah. After you really 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 got saved. Yeah, I was probably about twenty two when I first yeah. read that one. Um, fun stuff. The Lord of the Rings books were great. Love the Lord of the Rings books. <laughs> I've read them. I've read them well over a dozen times and at least three <laughs> three times out loud to people. Wow. Okay. Um, I talked earlier about the DNA of relationships and the boundaries book. Those are great 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 relational books. Um, I love history. I've read hundreds and hundreds of books on World War II history, and any historical work by Stephen Ambrose is fabulous. The author's name is Stephen Ambrose. Hmm. Great stuff. Right. What is it? What is it about him? The way he writes and, and, and the personal stories he puts into it. So he interviews real people, and and they're just so good. Hmm. I, right now, I'm reading a, a an interesting book. I'm going to have to preface this, otherwise I get in trouble. Uh, it's written by a black author named Thomas Sowell, who's a, who's a living author right now. Huh. He's an ec- economist at, I forget where. But the title of the book is called uh, Black Rednecks and White Liberals. Interesting. And it, it's, a, it's a fascinating series of, of six essays on, on history and the history of black people in America. And, and uh, it's just amazing mm-hmm. stuff. So I, read, I usually about, have about six or seven books on my bookshelf, I mean, on, my, on my coffee table by my bed, and I'm reading them all at the same time. Mm. That's um, so cool. And I have a bunch that I still haven't get to. I, I'm really interested in one called Same Sex Mirage by, uh, about homosexuality by uh, Douglas Wilson that oh. is sitting there on my shelf, and I keep on looking at it. Hmm. I just got for a Christmas present. Uh, you just yeah. got. You just got. Just got for Christmas last Christmas. It's November, <laughs> last Christmas. <laughs> That's how you know you're old. <laughs> that is sitting there on my shelf. I'm waiting to read it. It's 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 a four volume work on on uh, by four famous uh, lung, uh, Sung Sun Tzu, the art of war. Oh yeah. Clausewitz, a famous German guy on war, and there's four famous authors on war. And mm. it's, I, I, what are my favorite books? It's like asking you, know, what is your favorite food? There's yeah. just so much good stuff out there. Be a reader. So I have a question on that. Um, yeah. And I know you make things so simple, so try to be a little more tactful <laughs> on this one. But uh, so for me, I I think really developed like a love to want to learn and read probably really after college. I think up until yeah. that point in my life, like anytime I had that was free, it was spent towards like, my studies for school. So once that was over, I was like, yes, I can finally just read for pleasure. So yeah. I like it, but I'm thinking for like specifically in my high school small group, the boys I lead and they're they're freshmen. So I'm trying to get them to like learn and just want to have a, a desire to to learn and to read and to study, and they just don't care. Yeah. So how how what would you say? How could I entice someone specifically a younger to read high school boy to read and want to yeah. learn? And again, be tactful because you're so just. Yeah. Read, you know, but yeah, I, I, what would you say? <laughs> like, how could we? I don't know. I know? T- I tell my high school kids and they're seniors. This is your homework for the weekend. You know, read these 40 pages in this book. And I know you won't unless I give you a test on Tuesday. So I'm testing you on Tuesday on the homework. Just like you guys, I told you guys, I'm sure, yeah. in high school. Because you wouldn't read it. No cliff notes, baby. You yeah. simply wouldn't read it unless I gave, unless you're going to you're gonna be tested on it. You just wouldn't. Mm-hmm. So, so that's a really good question. What do you do to make a 13-year-old want to read? Um, 
this is kind of weird, but and and you, and you couldn't do it in a small group setting, but read to them, read out loud to them, and they start catching it. They start saying and read yeah. what it wouldn't be nonfiction stuff because that's just boring. If you're if you're not a reader, it's like oh, this is stupid, right? Yeah. Um, find something they like and read it out loud. I remember. Um, when I was in elementary school, teachers reading out loud in class, and that was kind of nice. Because, of course, my parents, smart parents, um, did not intentionally did not get a TV in the house. All the, they they have one now, but all the way through. So what do you do? You go out in the hills, you throw rocks at cars, and you read. Okay, we're not endorsing that part. There is that experience. In there. There's a story there, but I don't want to get into it. Um, you know, um, I've read just tons. How do you get a kid to love reading? Don't that's a hard one. I feel like I don't know if you can. Well, I, I think he had a good point. I didn't really think through was um, we were in that spot, too. You know, when I was that yeah. age, mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, and now I love to read. But at that point in my life, I didn't want to. So I think just realizing I think part of it is just age maturity. Yeah, part of it is fun. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the reading they give or, cla- you know, kids are given or high school kids are classical stuff that isn't necessarily fun. It's, it's you should know this. And, and, and so you struggle through it and don't know it because you yeah. don't care. Um, so, so probably it started off with fu- some fun stuff and I don't know what you, how that work in a small group where you're trying to teach them things. How do you make it fun? It turns out, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe, maybe do, maybe give them, you find, you know, one page essays that are on something and say, if, you know, give them a quiz next week. And if you, if you get a, you know, five point quiz, you get four out of the five points, I'll give you a dollar. I don't, I know, whatever, or whatever. I don't know. I don't know for sure. Yeah. I feel like too, like I'm thinking about how do you cultivate the habit of reading your Bible and something we've been talking about is like, just read a verse and just study the verse, meditate the verse, go into the meaning of the verse, the, uh, you can go to the concordance and, but like start small and maybe the same kind of, uh, principle applies to reading where, you know, read something fun, make it as easy as possible, you know, read something short where it's not like the whole encyclopedia, but you're reading something that's like a blog post length or, you know, uh, five minutes worth or 10 minutes worth or something where you can get started. Yeah. And the Bible's tough because the Bible's not easy reading. Right. So I- if I was going to have a kid really get into it, some kind of devotional stuff, I'd probably have him get an audio Bible huh. for, for, which you've been into recently, right? Yeah. Yeah. So on our favorites page, cultivatingcute.com slash favorites, you can go to apps and there's this app that was just on Kickstarter a couple of months ago called dwell. And you should look it up, too, because they have a free version. I, I pay for the paid version. But they have plans, and or you can just go through like the whole Bible and just pick verses. Mm-hmm. And it's like a, like a gym dealing kind of voice. So you can select b- between different voices with this nice can you Can you get a British girl accented. reading for you? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, there, there is I don't want to read the Bible more <laughs> if I heard that. <laughs> there's a woman. I don't know if she's British. Um, but then there's like music behind it, and they score it, and it's all timed and produced well. Um, but that's been something that I've been doing because I want to do more meditating yeah. on the Bible, not necessarily like I'm just kind of reading and checking the box of like I read, but like yeah. I want to like kind of, yeah. because I'm really into podcasts too. I've, one of the things that I've learned is I really like listening because then I can do other things yep. while I'm doing yeah, it. Yes, magic. Pod- you, know, you know, remember mm-hmm. back when I was a kid, <laughs> the, you know, they didn't Long have podcasts. Yeah, you had to stop and do something. To uh, if you wanted to hear something, you had to stop yeah. and do something. If you, you you couldn't take your record player with you, right? Yeah. Um, podcasts and phones are just magic. It right. opens up the entire world to new things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's great. 
So, I mean, it, it sounds dumb, but like I've been taking my dog on a walk during the morning and then I put my earphones in and mm-hmm. I turn on dwell and I listen to the Bible yeah. for, cool. you know, 15, 30 minutes, but I just meditate on it. And, um, and that's kind of how I'm like start. I'm like, I'm trying to really cultivate that habit of like, I'm not just going to read and like, you know, kind of go through the words, but I'm going to absorb this and cool. make it a part of who I am and my thoughts. And, um, but I think that's really good. You know what Yoda says? We don't know. I'm going to butcher it a little bit. There it says, do or do not, there is no try. Yes. I think that's how it goes. <laughs> yeah. So, goes, so, so so don't try to do it. Just do it. Yes. You're right. Or don't. I'm doing it. Okay, I'm, cool. Excellent. I'm trying my best to do Excellent. it consistently. <laughs> that great theologian Yoda. <laughs> yeah. We love that guy. One of the, the all-time greats. Yeah. Amazing. Well, you want to wrap it up or do you want to ask any more? Um, man, I mean, is there anything else you have on, on your mind, Dan? God is good and he's for you. All the time. All the time. Do you have a favorite? That's a, that, that's a good foundational principle for life. Yeah, no matter what is. happens, God is good and he's for you. Hmm. Do you have a favorite verse? I do. What is it? Uh, I got two favorite verses. Uh, one is, and they're both out of Jeremiah, which is interesting. Hmm. Um, one is Jeremiah 2.13, and it says, uh, God is speaking to his people, and he says, I have two things against my people. They have left me the fountain of living water and have hewn out for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. And the principle there just grabbed me, grabs me that that there is actually a fountain of living water. And and, mm-hmm. and, and for me, based on the designs God put in me, the talents God had put in me, and I run with them and run towards God and I get life. Or that thing that always drags me to do my own thing, do something like and, and it's like making uh-huh. a making a, a container to hold water, life, but it's broken. It can't possibly do it. Hmm. And that first helped me with those, all those natural, you know, the sparkly attractions of sin. They're broken and they can't hold any life. So that helps me that first there. Hmm. And the other one also to Jeremiah, Jeremiah 9, 22 and 23, um, I think. And it says, uh, let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the rich man boast in his riches, but let him who boasts boast in this, that he knows and understands me, that I am the loving God who exercises loving kindness upon the earth for in these things I delight, says the Lord. Hmm. And that's the cool. If I'm going to boast, I'm going to boast that God, great God. He's a good God. He loves me and he's, he's everything as opposed to the things I have. Yeah. You know, so those are just two of my favorite verses. Love them. Love that. Yeah. What, why is it interesting that they're both in Jeremiah? Because who has favorite verses out of an Old Testament prophet? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I mean, it's Philippians four thirteen. But maybe I can do all things through Christ to give me strength. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or John three sixteen, which is a great verse, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> no, I get it, though. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Well, fantastic. Yeah. Say we wrap it up. I think this is this has been one of the favorites for yeah, sure cool definitely it's been an absolute pleasure dan i think it, we, it was, we might it, have you back it was all the whiskey you gave me beforehand drunk in the maybe <laughs> next time yeah well cool hey before we go i just have to comment on uh, on uh Corey's socks <laughs> Cor- Corey always comes those are interesting socks, socks that they're Thank black you. socks with green and red and pink and blue and maybe purple yeah yeah uh, it's green yeah lined up ovals all over them yeah if you can visualize that interesting where did you get those socks i don't know all over the place i have lots of socks are yours like you have a sock fetish 
Uh, no, I don't know if I classify <laughs> as a fetish. fetish yeah. <laughs> Ooh, my little socks. No, um, I just have a collection. Huh. I, I tend to keep it really simple in my outfits. I pretty much wear the same thing every day. I just switch out my shirt. But I have like two pairs of pants, three pairs of pants that I wear. One pair of shoe, really, that I wear. Yeah, two pairs of underwear. <laughs> no, I have lots of underwear. That he doesn't wear. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't wear. So I feel like socks are kind of like my... My my one thing that I could switch up every day and just cool. make it wild and crazy. And I appreciate that. Totally abnormal yeah. from the rest yeah. of my outfit. Yeah, boy. Yeah. Excellent. That's big time. Yeah, my ones yesterday were uh, checkered, and there were um, black, pink, and lime checkers all over the place. I'm sure that tied in nice with your outfit. You yeah, know, totally it, not. It was. Yeah. I was wearing this. Uh, you know, this is another uh, thing that's changed in the world. When I was like, when I was your age, <laughs> your socks actually had to match your clothes, mm. and now. It doesn't matter at all, yeah. at all, if your socks match. I mean, it's almost kind of cool if they don't. It is cool. It, it is, is cool just weird. If they don't. Just weird. The, yeah. the world's weird. It changes and all sorts of weird. I ways. haven't got that extreme, but at least they match uh, each of my feet. You know, I wear the same socks for. That's for good. Feet. Good for you. Yeah. Excellent. I'm proud of you. So I'm not that <laughs> out there. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks again, Dan. My yeah. pleasure. It's fun doing this kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Jeremy, take us home, Corey. No, you take us home. Yeah. I insist. Cool. <laughs> Every time, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thanks for listening, guys. If you liked what you heard, please go ahead and give us a six-star review. I figured Nothing out. less, nothing more. Six w- stars only. We had this thing. There's no five-star reviews. There's six-star reviews. Six stars, baby. I figured out how to give a six-star review. Explain it to you. So, so you go to the reviews, uh, which you can find in iTunes in your app when you listen to this podcast, obviously. Go ahead, Dan. You can start the process. Yeah, you, you, can, you can go through that process if you want. If you want. I will. Um, <laughs> and then you, you click the five stars, all five stars, and then the comments, you put another emoji star, and that's mm. six stars. Interesting. So if you're listening, give us six stars. Put the five stars and the one emoji star. Real men don't do Are emojis. We ask- <laughs> Are we asking <laughs> oh, too hard? Oh, Dan. <laughs> I'm going to have to debate you there. Uh, anyway, <laughs> give us a six-star review. If you have any questions, you can email us at cultivateandkeep.com. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Am I missing any? Email. You can sign up for the emails. Yep. Find us everywhere. Cool. Other than that, see you next time. Deuces. Deuces.